Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing on this wonderful Monday morning with the Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff show? My name is Jeff Kalman of Solid Canine Training, and this is the Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff show. I do it every Monday through Friday. I miss Friday. Had some technical issues. Um, I usually take one topic and expand on that topic. Sometimes I talk about a short, you know, sometimes we have a little 20-minute show. Sometimes we go for a full hour. Sometimes I rant about the thoughts and feelings. I was going on a rant this morning with Joelle about something. I'm going to turn that into a show. I hate doing that in the morning. I hate ranting in the morning. But uh, one of the things that I was thinking about, I don't know if anybody listens to uh, Lex Friedman. He's a podcaster, really, really super intelligent guy, really thoughtful, great questions, really calm, calm demeanor, extremely calm demeanor. Travels around, like, has his own studio, but he also travels to do interviews. And he actually was in Israel and he did, a, did an interview with the prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, who's on his sixth term, I believe. And he's a controversial figure. Um, but you should read his book because his book is really good. He's got a, His autobiography is really good. I think people forget about some of these folks who came up and the education they have and the military training they have and the struggles they've gone through. And now they're leading countries. It's really, it's really impressive compared to who we have right now sitting in our leadership role of our country. Such a contrast. But he was talking about the Jews in the Jewish state of Israel, the Palestinians, the Arabs, and how everybody, how, how certain groups of people don't want others to exist. And they want like everything exclusive. And then he was talking about, like he, he was asked, you know, Lex was asking him about this. And he said, like a damn good leader does say, well, We don't feel that way, but we just want the fighting to stop. Because it's never going to be just Jewish people in Israel. We just don't want the fighting, but we're a very inclusive country. So we have to come up with a plan to make it so everybody can live together. Because most people just want peace. But there are, and if you think about this, in the United States, most people just want peace. But there are a huge amount of people that actually want conflict because they benefit from conflict. They benefit financially from conflict. And we were warned about this, actually, by one of our past presidents about the industrial military complex. 
And it th- I, th- I immediately, the reason why I listen to a lot of different shows and not dog training shows, people always ask me, like, what dog training shows do you? I say, I don't listen to any, none. Honestly, none. I listen to other people talk about other things. Because it made me really think about the dog training industry. And you would think, you would think that everybody had the same goal. Don't we all, don't we all want to see dogs and owners do better? Like that is the goal. That is the mission. That should be. That should be the goal of every um, dog trainer. Hey, Rumble. Don't come on my page and take, try to promote your, hold on here. Little helpful hint for people. Don't come on to other people's pages and promote your own damn business. People don't like that. Okay, build up your own audience. Um, or get into a conversation with me and people will see that you're halfway intelligent and they'll want to support you. And there's a Rumble conversation. I'm on I stream live on Rumble, Facebook, and on YouTube. Pet peeve of mine. Growing your own business. And, but the thing is that there are people out there in the dog training industry who actually, that is not their goal. Their goal is not to actually help owners and dogs. Their goal is to help themselves and to actually keep owners struggling. I can't tell you, and I've been doing this for 20 years, so I know the ins and outs of the industry. So if you are a new dog trainer, or if you are a dog owner, there's a lot that you're not privy to. But a lot of, let's say, ineffective dog training, they want you to keep coming back over and over and over and over again keep buying packages, 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 classes and classes and classes for years so they can keep getting money from you. Instead of giving you effective dog training. Well, their goal, they know their goal is not your success. They know it. They damn well know it. I mean, I've been, I've, I've like heard and seen the conversations. I've been to the conventions where they have classes on how to like get as many courses, people to sign up for as many courses as possible is a business model. The two dogs that are coming in for 
the leash reactivity seminar, the two dogs that are coming in for the leash reactivity video, they actually went to a two-week boarding train for, I won't even say how much money, but it was high for two weeks. And they came back worse than they left. Do you think they have the same goal? Do you think their goal was to help the owners and help the trainers? No. I'm sorry. They, it, it wasn't. Because if it was, they would have kept the dogs for longer, offered another board and train, not just sent the owners home with, oh, well, found competent help that it can actually work these dogs. But their goal was not to help the owners. Their goal was not to help the dogs. Their whole their, their goal was to close the sale and not care about anything after that. Most of these indoor training facilities, which ironically are peer positive, do you think their goal is to actually help the owners? So for some weird reason, there's a lot of people out there. So when I say, shouldn't everybody getting along? Shouldn't we want the, own, the same thing? Yes. Like, why does it matter how you train your dog if your dog can get trained and if you can have a better life? Shouldn't that be the goal? Should that not be the goal? With no fucking caveats. Well... All depends if how the dog is trained. Why? Why? Nobody's fucking throwing dogs through walls out there. But is ineffective dog training abusive? Answer that. I'd like to know. Is ineffective, is an is a client paying for shitty dog training abusive? Is using a method that maybe people don't agree with, but to rehab a dog abusive? Is using dog training that is not as widely accepted, but extremely effective. So owners and dogs have a better life. Isn't that a good thing? And why not if you don't feel that it is? Why isn't it a good thing? And why is mediocre and shitty dog training and ineffective dog training so accepted. Why is trainers from certain areas who are always bashing <clears throat> effective dog trainers, why is that acceptable? Why is that acceptable? We see it all the time. See, I, I don't think people are, sorry, but they're not intelligent enough. 
not owners, but trainers to take a step back and to look at their own actions. Look at their own actions. And it's like, it comes down to, are you being a good person or are you not being a good person? Are you being a good person or not? Are you being a good person or not? And I'm sorry, this industry is filled with a lot, lot of not good people who do not, who do not have your best interest in mind. And I think if people, if you have a hard time understanding this, take your dog to a big box, like big box dog training is there to get you in the store to buy stuff, not to train your dog. End of story. Your average dog training facility is there to have you keep coming back for more and more classes. It's funny because, you know, we, we, carry, we carry courses and they're very effective. And someone asked a question, like they've got an out of control dog. They've tried dog trade. For instance, they have an out of control dog. They have a terrible relationship with your dog. They've got an out of control dog. They've already tried different methodologies of dog training. It's not working. They see the results of our dog training. And then they ask a simple question. Does my dog always have to use an e wear an e-collar? And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's a, that is a reasonable question. But let me ask, let me answer, let me ask you this. You've paid all this money for dog training. Your dog doesn't know shit. You can't take your dog anywhere. You can't trust your dog off leash. Your dog doesn't listen to you. You can't have people over. You can't go to people's houses with your dog. You find someone that has proven results and you don't have to use an e-cower, but let's say you, e-cowers are great. Every dog can be, 100% of dogs can be trained on e-cowers. I stand very firmly by that statement. 100% of dog trainers can be trained on e-cowers. And I can't say the same for food. And we food train dogs. There's dogs that don't take food. Therefore, they can't be trained on food because they won't take it. But let's say your dog every morning when you leave the house with your dog, 
you put it, you put a leash, you bring a leash. Nobody asked that about the leash. Does my dog always have to have a leash? Well, and I'm not even talking about a leash law area. Let's say you live in the country. You got land. You don't need a leash on, right? Let's say you got a couple of acres. Let's say you've got a hundred acres. Why do, you have to, why do you have to have a leash on your dog? Because your dog will run off. Most dogs. Really? Call it back. Most people can't do that, though. But let's say your dog has to have a collar on. So what? Does anybody usually ask about... Do I always have to use food? Now, the great thing about food training is if you start doing variable rewards, you wean your dog off food and it listens. The problem with that is what happens to the day when your dog doesn't listen and it's in drive? No amount of food usually is going to get your dog to, to come back to you. And with an e-collar, let's say you don't have to use it anymore, which is the goal. See, the way the e-collar works, the way we train, is you actually don't use it anymore. But you have it. It does become a safety mechanism at some point. And some people say that's a stupid, stupid comparison. I'm like, no, it's not. If I it's same thing with airbags and seatbelts, they're there just in case. It literally is the same thing as any cower. It's there in case. But there's not that many dogs that will listen 100% all the time in every situation. There's just not. And some people love to say, well, if it was trained properly. And I'm like, really? So whoever said made that statement, you could honestly say, if you have trained 1,000 dogs, let's say you personally have trained 1,000 dogs, you can honestly say that every one of those dogs will listen every single time, no matter what the environmental is. You would honestly say that? I say bullshit. I say bullshit. I've been training dogs too long. Now, what a more reasonable thing is, is, well, once a year, I've got to give my dog a refresher. There you go. Once a month, my dog didn't listen in a certain situation. And I had to rem re remind my dog when it was off leash with a remote collar. There you go. That's more reasonable. Now we're having, now we're having, bringing reason to a conversation. And it seems like there's always these extremes. So when I say, shouldn't everybody want the same thing? They should, but I'm sorry, they don't. And the public should know this. They should know that every dog training business, and it does not, and I'm not just talking about pure positive and force free. 
I'm talking about across the board. I am talking about across the board. Do not have the owner and the trainer's interest in mind. I am not pointing out one style of training. I am talking about the whole damn industry. They do not. We sure as hell don't have success with every dog. Now, do we make it better? Sure. But do we have dogs that we wouldn't trust off leash? Off leash? Yep, we sure do. Ethically, ethically, should they even be off leash? But for someone to sit there all high and mighty and say that every dog they put out is great, I call bullshit on that. You give, you give me the best dog, someone that, say, competes at a high level. Someone that competes at a high level in every category. Take agility, competition obedience, bite work, a service dog, a, um, uh, 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 any of the other titles. Like, I don't even know how many there are. And they, they it is a team. It is the handler and the dog. Because you know damn well that they picked that dog out specifically, specifically for a reason. Because if I gave them a dysfunctional dog, they could not do it. Now, could they make that dog better? Yes. But could that dog be the best? No. There's only one first place. Do dogs make mistakes in competition? Absolutely. Ask yourself, why? If the trainer is so damn good and the owner and, and, and the dog is so damn good, why is it making mistakes? Because they're dogs. That is why. So everybody should want the same thing. What we, what we should want is the truth. We say this to clients all the time. Sorry, the dog you have today is not going to be like the dog you had before that. They're not even close. They're not close. It might be the same breed, but they're nothing like each other. And no matter how much training you put in that dog, it's not going to be. That's why people need to stop buying dogs because they're cute. They need to do more due diligence on the dog they get. It's no different. I, you know, I love German Shepherds. People send me German Shepherd posts all the time of dogs for adoption. And I read the posts and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This is the last dog I would want. This is the last dog I would want. Sorry. Has to be an only dog. Can't be around children. Now, we can change that. We can turn that around. You know, nervous of everything.
we can make all that better. Frankly, I don't want to start with that. And it's so funny that the dogs that we work with and many of our colleagues work with, even the dogs that aren't doing great are still 100 times better than your average dog on the streets. So yes, I do think everybody should want the same goal. But we have to live in reality and there are people out there that don't have your best interest in mind. They just don't. They prey on your emotions. They lie. So, and then you take that farther out of the dog training industry. You take that out of the dog training industry and you can expand that into the rest of the world and the rest of the world's problems. And now you understand how difficult things can be. If we can't even get dog training right, It's sort of like I listened to another great interview. I listen to a lot of I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of interviews because you learn a lot. And you learn a lot of perspectives. It was really interesting. I listened to it. I listened to a podcast that Vivek Ramaswamy was 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 doing. And if you don't know who he is, you should look him up. Because he's actually very well-spoken, intelligent person running for the United States of America. I talk about a lot of different people, candidates that are running. And I often get a lot of different hate because of that, because, you know, it's political. And someone was asking him about how he would treat foreign relations like how we would negotiate with China. Knowing that they've got all of these, knowing how he's got all of these, China's got enough of their own problems with like human rights abuses, let's say. That, that comes up a lot. And he's like, okay, well, when I go over there, and this is what we don't do as a country, we go over to all these other foreign countries and we want like, to push democracy, to push democracy. We want them to be like us. I think that's a mistake to do. It's funny because this really connected with me a lot when he made these statements. Because it, it's the same feeling I have. 
which doesn't mean it's the right feeling, by the way. But this is how we connect with people. And, and he said, I have an obligation to the, the U.S. people to get them on, to get what's best for them. So when I come over to your country, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your country. That is not why I am here. I am here representing the United States people to get what's best for them. That is my obligation. And I'm like, nice. Stop going over to other countries and telling them to be like us. That's not our problem. And that can be an ignorant thing. So would you do business with like, you know, a pedophile? No, I wouldn't. But so where's the line? What the fuck does this have to do with what if everybody gets along? People don't always have your best interests in mind. That's what it is. And you have an obligation to your dog and to you to do what's best for you. So when your dog has got all of these problems and you, and you see that there's an answer out there and, the, and, and there is segments of this dog training industry that don't want you to train a certain way. They want you to train like they do. They don't want you to train what's in the best interest of the owner. They want you to train like they do. They don't have the owner's best interest in mind. Do our when Vivek said these comments, I'm like, that's because you're saying that you've got the United States citizens' best interest in mind. We can compare it to our southern border. And we're doing this underneath the guise. We're doing this underneath the guise of well, these folks were treated a certain way, yada, 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 yada. And I'm like, okay. But by allowing them in, is that in the best interest of the United States or any country? Is that in the best interest So when you take on the role of a professional dog trainer, you have an obligation to take the owner's best interest. Not just to, not just to put 
not just to put your ideology into their life. So, as a dog trainer, that should be the goal. to put the owner's best interest and to stop putting limits on training philosophies and with the banning of everything. I've said this and I've predicted this and it all comes to fruition, but all these folks that are rallying around They're rallying, they're rallying around, banning, banning, banning. Be careful because there's so many people that are just as passionate about banning what you like. There's so much passion about someone banning what you like and you are just as passionate about banning what someone else likes. Instead of allowing people to do what's in the best interest of them, their family, their dogs. And the dog training industry is a small little microcosm of what is going on in the world today. It is. It really is. It really is. There's so many comparisons. This is why I listen to so many different podcasts on so many different subjects. Because it makes you think how people think and how then relevant it can be to what your industry is. At one point, they called that like being well-read and well-rounded. I don't know if it's still considered that or it's extreme. Again, because you're not thinking like the person who made that statement. That's extreme. It's like, no. Like you can have both. So funny, we had this interesting comment yesterday. Where I'm going to make, I'm going to do a whole podcast on it. I get a lot of ideas. That's why when you when you when you do a lot of listening and observing, you come up with ideas. At least I come up with ideas for podcasts. What do we got? Good morning, everybody. Brittany, good morning. Hey, there's a bunch of our, our morning gang. Avi, good morning. Constance, hope your husband made it home okay last night. Constance's husband, Constance's husband made it uh, 
came down here to drop off a dog, pick up a dog. Counselors, make sure you talk to Ben about our affiliate program. Jojo says, hi, everyone. Denise, good morning. Haley, good morning. Stucco Buns, good morning. Avi, I once heard a comment that a guy won't use name, abused his dog into looking happy. So ridiculous. They were so happy to work. A blind person could see it. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of that. I mean, we get that all the time. A lot of dog trainers get it all the time. You know, this, this, this is the thing. You know, this, this is the thing. It's that that people that can't do what you are doing will often insult you, put you down, make up stories about it. And what it is, it's a mirror, it's a mirror into who they are. And I did a counsel with somebody the other day, a new dog trainer talking about like the hate that they'll probably start getting, not to project negativity into their lives, but just the way it works. When you start actually getting results, there's a seg huge segment of the population out there who are not getting results. So instead of them working on results and be more open-minded, they spend a lot of time insulting others. Again, doesn't everybody want the same thing? No, they don't. There are people out there that actually don't want the same thing. You'd think they want their dogs to be trained, but if they did, why are they spending so much time insulting others on their successful dogs? Think about that. Think about that concept. You want your dog to be great. It can't be great. So instead, you'll insult others whose dogs are not great. And, and, the, and the thought process behind that, if people actually did some actual thinking, is they're just projecting their own weaknesses. They're projecting their own um, failures onto you. They're not taking accountability for their own lack of progress. They're not being open-minded enough to think about themselves. Uh, Brittany, yes, I think so. I think the pure positive training is very confusing to the dog, not only confusing to the dog, confusing to the owner. It, pure positive exclusively, yeah. It's impossible, first of all. That's a, that's a segment of the population that, in the industry that needs to be more honest. They can say it's good for this, but it has its limitations. It's good for this, but it has its limitations. It's no different. You know, I go to the gym. I try to go six days a week, sometimes five days a week only. And they've got coaches there, trainers there. I would, I would say that none of those trainers could probably be a um, – what do they call it? competition well there's some there's there's a well there's a couple different competitions 
a weightlifting competition, like a strongman, strongwoman competition, and a bodybuilder competition. Like, could those trainers be bodybuilding coaches? Probably not. Probably not. So they can say, I can help you lose weight and get into shape. Oh, you wanted to get into bodybuilding? That's not what I do. That's not what I do. Thank you for being honest. They didn't say the owner couldn't do that. The client couldn't do it. They said they can't do it. There's a difference. They didn't say they can't do it. Or could you, I want to get into, tri, I want to get into higher level triathlons. Oh, that's not what I do. Because I did triathlons. And a lot of triathlete coaches have, I mean, triathlete competitors have a swim coach, a running coach, a biking coach. There's a mental coach. There's a really well-known mental coach out there. I just listened, I just listened to an interview with him. I'll have to look him up on my phone next to me. People come to him, professional sports athletes come to him for mental coaching. A boxer just lost a fight. The boxer already has all their athletic coaches. They came to him for mental work. I don't know what that's called. Sports, mental coaching. I don't know. There's a name for it. Who's telling them a lot of players immediately will get on a plane and fly out right after a loss. Immediately fly out to this coach right after a loss. To get coaching. They already got their athletic coaches. That's not a problem. I did it for many years. I would always say this can't be the only way that this isn't working good. Well, Brittany, you're smart enough. See, this is why, this is why uh, like certain modalities of training are good for one thing, but they're not good for another. Why do you think they make rattlesnake aversion training courses? There's people that go around the country and all they do is rattlesnake training. It's specific. It doesn't make a difference if you've got a competition dog, a bite dog, a family pet dog. This is rattlesnake training. This is what this person does. Rattlesnake aversion training. Avi. All because he was using a knee collar. Oh, the person was insulted because he was abusing the dog because he used a knee collar. Yeah, that's common. That's common. Because you're using a knee collar, you're being abusive to your dog. That's a that's a narrative that's that's old and overused and boring and and but still will exist. It's still going to be out there. It's still going to be out there. But meanwhile, the person saying it, a lot of their dogs 
can't do shit. That's the ironic part about it. So shouldn't, again, shouldn't, like, so what if the person's using an e-collar, the owner is happy, the dog has a better life, shouldn't that be the goal? Shouldn't that be the goal? Who cares if the dog has an e-collar on? Who cares? Uh, Brittany says, how about, quote, we will work with you until you pass. What really mean is we pass everyone. Or they don't pass anyone. And they just want to keep working them and working them and working them. Joey says a thousand percent. Avi says, it's like the gun condom rule. Rather have it, not need it, and uh, than not have it. Agreed. You can be anti-gun. A lot of people are, but. There's a there's a there's a well-known saying, best way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good good guy with a gun. And that's the truth. And you can be anti-gun all you want, but there's a certain segment of the population that does not give a shit how you feel. And when somebody comes in your house with a gun, boy, is it great to have guns. And for all these people living in a fantasy world that say, well, first of all, you'll call someone up that does have a gun. So you call someone up that does have a gun. Well, why not just have your own? That's the, that's the ironic part. Someone breaks in your house, you're anti-gun. Someone breaks in your house with a gun, call someone up and say, please respond, but don't bring any of your guns with you because I'm anti-gun. Or you say to the person that broke in your house that has a gun saying, excuse me, I'm anti-gun. Please leave your gun outside. E-collars are the same as seatbelts, fire, fire alarms, insurance. You don't need it, but don't, but don't you feel safe having it? Absolutely. I'm doing my estate planning right now. Just met with my estate uh, planner last week. Meaning when I die, like this comes to into a, like everything we talked about is I'm already dead. Literally everything, everything we talked about. It's not my divorce lawyer, not a criminal lawyer, not business lawyer, not a real estate lawyer. All things that happen while I'm living I use those lawyers for. This lawyer is specifically for when I'm already dead. Yeah. So you go to that lawyer. So when you plan on being dead, think about that. But they have specific lawyers for that. It's called estate planning. So my business lawyer, who was in Rhode Island, I guess he still is. I mean, he's, he's still in Rhode Island, but I'm in Florida now. He, he, he's, not, he's not licensed to practice down here. But when I was up in Rhode Island, like someone else in his firm did estate planning. Like that's their specialty. 
Like, I'm like, but I go to you. Why can't you do it? I didn't say that. I'm smart enough to know it. But that's not what he does. Chris says, uh, Jesse and Yen are totally different GSD. They both have their strengths and weaknesses. Right. So, Chris, same owner, same breed of dog. Why aren't they the same? Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that a ridiculous fucking comment? Why aren't they the same? And then anyone that has kids like, should know this. Tactile canine training. Hello. Abby says, I like Vivek. He's smart. Yeah, Vivek is really smart. Everyone, you got to pay attention to a lot of these folks. Vivek is incredibly smart. He's 37. We'll see what happens. I just say that because that's really, really young. I might be too young for, for America. It might be too young. But then again, who knows? Ukraine, they got a comedian to run the country. A very wealthy one now. Very wealthy one now. Brittany says, I really like him. He has a great outlook and he's very interesting to me. Yeah, he really is. Tactile canine training. Jeff, I got a question about the Do uh, the Doberminer training. He suckles a lot. Yeah, a lot of Dobermans do that. I don't know if that's a if I'm stereotyping here or not, but I've, I've seen a lot of Dobermans suckle. Should I correct that or not? Um, as long as the, as long as they're suckling something that's not going to be in, ingested, which they usually don't. No, it's fine. Suckling on his pillow. I mean, yeah, okay, put it this way. You could stop it. Removing the pillow only makes him crazier and starts to scratch the floor, uh, whines and barks. That you could definitely stop. That you can stop. So if he suckles on the pillow and you don't stop it, but you remove it and he goes crazy, you could stop that. So should you stop the suckling? Anyway. Interesting question. Interesting question. I definitely would correct the going nuts part. That's for sure. Debbie, great thoughts today. Thank you. Karen Brown, amen. Karen Brown says people need to educate themselves. Yeah. I think that's that. And, and now it's easy. It's now it's easier then it's easier than any time ever to educate yourself. The internet has brought mass education to you. Kim says, we just did a nose work private class. The group competitive class was behind ours and the trainer said there are many dogs in there with bad behavior. Of course there are. There's a ton of dogs with bad behavior. A there's a there's a ton of dogs with bad behavior. That's why when people are like, my dog does agility, it's like, so what? Like, kudos for you and your dog, but that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. Like we all, I guess we all have different priorities. We brought two dogs to Home Depot the other day, Courtney and I, and did all their public access training. 
Like that's the real world. It's sort of like you could have somebody that's really good, say, let's use sports, because a lot of people idolize sports figures. Let's see, I don't. I could care less about sports. But they're not nice people. They're rude to people. They lie. They cheat. They steal. But you can dribble a ball. You can throw a ball. You can kick a ball. Okay. Good for you. But you're not a nice person. Um, Kim says he's a highly sought after um, for his skill and told me he has to walk his dog at odd hours because it's reactive. I was like, let me train your dog, LOL. Oh, do you mean the, the, the nose work person, the coach? That's interesting. There you go. He's good at nose work, but he's not good with his own dog walking it. So he does not stop leash reactivity. He knows how to train, no if I'm reading this right, so he knows how to train nose work, but he does not stop leech reactivity. We were talking about that. Different skill sets. Avi says, maybe maybe young, but he's going to tear it up in the debate. Oh, yeah. He'll bury, he'll bury everybody in the debate. Everybody. He'll bury everybody on both sides of the aisle. Both sides of the aisle, Avi. He'll, he'll tear it up. He's probably one of the more, I don't know if he's the most intelligent. But he'll tear it up. Because he has, I believe, everybody's interest in mind. He has everybody's interest in mind. And hes he, it's interesting because... Dog trainers can learn a lot from listening to him. The dog training industry can learn a lot from listening to Vivek. How he handles debates. How he handles people that, that disagree with him. How he handles what he disagrees with. He has civility in his conversations. And that's one thing our industry is missing. He also has, I believe, the American people's best interest. I mean, it's always, there's always selfishness, a little bit of selfishness in, in everybody. But he, but he does have the American people's best interest in mind. In the, in the dog training industry, there are certain camps or, let me rephrase that, many people in the whole industry across the board do not have dogs or people's best interest in mind. They've only got their own. They don't have the owners, they don't have the dogs, and they don't have fellow dog trainers' best interest in mind. Terry G over on Rumble. Sorry, Terry, I just saw that now. Another great podcast. Thank you. 
it's so interesting how quick people are to pass judgment with so little knowledge about things. And it's so obvious by their either by their by their comments. It's so obvious. And when you question it and you ask questions and you challenge it, you're immediately shut down or labeled. Conspiracy theorist, dog abuser, In our industry, going back to, isn't it your job to give the most effective training and give a better quality of life for the dog and the owner? But if you do it in a fashion that is effective, efficient, and quick, you're doing something wrong. Think about that. If you're good and you're effective, you're efficient, you're doing something wrong. So fucking interesting. So interesting. All right, everybody. Holy shit, it's 9.01. I was talking for that long. Wow. All right, everybody, take care. Madly in love with all of you. Got to go swim the dogs. We just came back. Joelle's back in town. They went for a nice run. Hey, Angelo, how are you, honey? Hi. Should we breakfast? Yeah. Running late this morning? Hmm? You, are you running late? Yeah. Um, sorry. My phone died in the middle of the night, so my alarm never went. You didn't plug it in to charge it, buddy? I did. How did it die then? I have no idea. Was it plugged into the wall? Maybe not. Maybe it's just a cord that's only plugged in on one side. Better check that check that out, buddy. Let's get that homework printed out, please. All right. Madly in love with all of you. That was Angelo. Woke up late. I don't wake him up anymore. He's he's ten years old, and uh, it's like Ange. You're getting up on your own from now on. He's homeschooled. There's a little bit of flexibility. But it's a test. It's a test on how responsible he can be. Makes his breakfast. Just went in the bathroom so he's brushing his teeth. And then he's got um, school now. He's got chores. All right, everybody, take care.